Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. Let's get ready to visit Vancouver, Canada to experience the variety of food and culture. Our guest is Ricky Shetty of DaddyBlogger.com, where he travels the world with his family while teaching people how to be digital nomads. The show notes will be available at WeTravelThere.com forward slash Vancouver. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. This episode is brought to you in part by Creditland.com. Creditland analyzes all the credit card offers available to search for the best deals so they can bring you the cards with the biggest bonuses, lowest interest rates, and the best benefits. I use travel cards extensively to lower our family's travel expenses and trust Creditland to help me know whether I should jump on the offer or just let it go. Visit wetravelthere.com forward slash Creditland for more details. Hey, Ricky, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, Lee. Thank you so much for having your show. I love the theme of your show, the structure, and inspiring people to travel the world and visit all these different cities. So I'm a great big fan, and I'm honored to be one of your guests now. Thank you so much. I know you're a huge traveler yourself, and right now you're in the Philippines, right? I am indeed. My wife's actually from the Philippines, and we're visiting her mom and dad. My mom and dad live over in Vancouver, what we're going to be talking about on this show. But we're here in the Philippines, so we almost could do another whole episode where we cover the Philippines. So we'll see what happens there. But yes, I am currently in the Philippines. Fantastic. So what's your connection to Vancouver? Well, my connection to Vancouver is it's my birth home. I was born there. I was raised there. I went to elementary school there, high school there, university there. I actually met my wife there. We started dating there. We got engaged in Vancouver. We got married in Vancouver. I had my first kid in Vancouver. I had my second kid in Vancouver. I had my third kid in Vancouver. So Vancouver (laughs) is very much a part of my DNA in terms of my mindset, my thinking, my friendships, my family, my education, even the birth of my three kids. So Vancouver is a huge part of who I am today. Yeah, and it sounds like it's just like a special place in your heart. No matter where you are in the world, it's going to lead you right back to Vancouver. That is correct. You know, obviously, if you were going to talk about Vancouver and explain it to somebody, what one word would you use to describe Vancouver? You know, the first word that comes to mind is multicultural. I happen to be of Indian ethnicity. My wife happens to be of Filipino ethnicity. We met in Vancouver, and there's so many different cultures who all live in harmony together in Vancouver. So that is the one word, multicultural. Nice. Yeah, I had the opportunity to visit Vancouver a few years ago, and we had some amazing you know, ethnic food while we were there. And when you think of Canada, you wouldn't necessarily think of, of all these wonderful foods from around the world, but there it was. Yes, and I look forward to talking about that food in the show here today. <laughs> let's not keep the audience waiting. Let's talk a little bit about the foods in Canada and in Vancouver. Well, you know, uh, the national dish, it's not really the national dish, but kind of like what Canada is known for is the poutine. And for those of your listeners who don't know, poutine is a delicious concoction that was actually invented in Quebec, but it's famous all across Canada. There's a big competition in Vancouver, which is the best poutine place. So my vote, by the way, is La Belle Patate. But anyway, poutine, it means it's French fries with gravy and cheese curds all melted and smothered into tasty goodness for your belly. So it's probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but it's one of the most delicious. And it's (laughs) one of the things I miss when we're traveling. You don't get poutines and more than half the people in the world don't actually know what a poutine is. So I love educating and teaching people about poutine. So I'm sure some of your listeners are probably hearing about poutine for the very first time. Sure. And the way you describe it, I'm sure everybody's mouth is uh, just salivating, thinking about how wonderful that would taste. 
When you talk about it being multicultural and having all the different ethnicities in Vancouver, what are some of the other best places to eat and some of the best food? Yeah, so uh, Vancouver, as you can imagine, is similar to other cities where a lot of immigrant populations will be in different suburbs. If you look at a city like New York that happens, L.A., Chicago, London, England, Sydney, Australia. So same thing in Vancouver, a big city of like about three million plus the ethnic immigrants who come to Canada tend to kind of uh, populate around areas. So I'm going to mention some of the suburbs. So you have like the downtown Vancouver core, and then you have uh, Burnaby, then you got uh, Richmond, you got Surrey, you got Coquitlam, etc. So typically you'll find a lot of Chinese people who are living in Burnaby and Richmond. You'll find a lot of Indian people who are living in Surrey and Delta. You'll find a lot of Italian people who are living in the commercial drive area. A lot of the Greek population will be in Kitsilano. A lot of the Koreans will be in Coquitlam. A lot of the Iranians will be in North Vancouver area. Then you have kind of like the Latinos, you've got Africans, you got the whole multicultural fusion, right? So it's quite interesting because if you go to, for example, Burnaby or Richmond, you'll find such delicious Chinese food. You'll almost feel like you're walking through Beijing or Shanghai or Hong Kong or Taiwan because all the signs will actually be in like Chinese characters, if you walk around like uh, the Korean part of Coquitlam, you'll see Hangul. If you walk around kind of like the Gastown fringes, there'll be Japanese characters. So it's quite interesting to have all these different fusion cultures in different parts of the city. So there's delicious food no matter where you go to. But if you want delicious Chinese, head over to Richmond. If you want delicious Indian, head over to Surrey. If you want delicious pasta and pizza, head over to Commercial Drive. That's great. So... Actually, when you're speaking about the, the Chinese in, in Richmond, I think that I read somewhere that it's actually probably the, outside of China, it's the largest concentration of Chinese. Is that correct? I think that's actually a pretty good estimation. I don't know if that's official, like kind of in stone kind of number, but based on like the Chinese immigrants and kind of like the population kind of balance, like if you look at the population of Canada, a lot of them are European who have immigrated and have set up shop in terms of Canada from mostly British and French. I mean, uh, Canada is, of course, bilingual. It has to do with the history of the English colonizing and then the French colonizing, having a little battle back and forth. And then Quebec, one of the provinces of Canada, became French. The rest is obviously English and British influenced. But in Vancouver, you'll see three major ethnic minorities. You'll find Chinese as the highest. You'll find Indians as the second. And then you'll find Filipinos as the third. And then you have kind of the other smaller groups like Indonesians and then Koreans, Japanese, etc. But Chinese would be first, followed by Indians and then Filipinos. Nice. And so when people are wanting to sample all this wonderful food, is it best to rent a car or is there good public transportation to get around? Yeah, you know, Vancouver has a pretty good public transport overall. It's not as amazing as the bigger city like London with the Tube or Paris with the Metro or, you know, some of like the transport systems in like Tokyo or Seoul, or, for example, those cities. But Vancouver, uh, I would say for the size, like a three million plus city, has a great public transportation system. We have something called the SkyTrain, and this is different than your typical underground metro or subway. It's called the SkyTrain because it's actually levitating and it's actually driverless. So it's all run from, uh, it's called TransLink. So TransLink manages the transport in Vancouver. And it's all driverless trains and it's run seamlessly. And it's quite amazing. I mean, every now and then you'll have complaints. I mean, the people use public transport a lot. And I've had years like when I just use public transport. And I've had years where I just used a car and I didn't use public transport much. So I've been on both sides of the public transport versus private car kind of 
continuum or spectrum. And uh, public transport is definitely good in terms of the SkyTrain. There's only three lines. So the lines are the Canada line, the Millennium line, and the Expo line. The Expo line was actually named after Expo 86. We actually held it in 1986 when I was a wee young lad of seven years old. And it actually just blew up Vancouver before Vancouver had more for like a small town slash small city feel. And then when Expo 86 came and a lot of the world saw Vancouver, that's when people from around the world started buying in Vancouver. It really started developing, etc. And then we had another major event in 2010, which actually led to more skytrains being built, which was the Olympics. We held the Vancouver Winter Olympics in 2010, both in Vancouver and Whistler. Whistler is a ski resort about two hours from Vancouver. So these skytrains were built kind of associated with the Expo line and then the Canada line and then the Millennium line. They connect uh, Vancouver to Surrey, one of them, and then the other one connects Vancouver to Coquitlam, and the last one connects Vancouver to Richmond and the airport. So the beautiful thing is if you're flying into Vancouver, which you know probably most people are either flying in or they might be driving up from the U.S. or other parts of Canada, if you do fly in, you don't have to take an expensive taxi to get to downtown or some of the other suburbs. You can jump right on the SkyTrain and get yourself right into downtown itself. So that's the beautiful thing about the SkyTrain system. So outside of SkyTrain, we do have, you know, a bus system that will connect all the different suburbs. We also have something called the C-Bus. So the C-Bus is a ferry, and it connects downtown Vancouver to north Vancouver. And it's actually a great way of seeing the city, because if you're in downtown, you take the C-Bus over to North Van, and there's actually a few different tourist attractions in North Van to see as well. So you take the C-Bus slash ferry, and you can actually get a beautiful view of the skyline of Vancouver, Great for some pictures and videos and social media, Instagram, Insta-worthy pictures. And then uh, the other types of transport we have are something called the aqua bus. So it's a little mini boat that goes along. It's an area called Falls Creek. And you jump on this little mini boat. It can fit about 14 people, 10 to 14 people. And it's a little boat that goes from like Granville Island to Kitsilano to English Bay to Science World. And that's one of the things I love to take tourists on because... Not many cities have this kind of like mini boat. Uh, once again, to recap, you got the aqua bus, you got the sea bus, you got the regular buses, and then you have the SkyTrain. Nice. And one of the things that people are used to here in where I lived in LA and now in Nashville is Uber. But I think you said Uber is actually illegal in Vancouver. Yeah, this is kind of a point of contention. A lot of the people are living in Vancouver will be very pro, especially travelers like myself, where we're used to sharing economy. We use Airbnbs and Uber and Grab and Lyft. Unfortunately, in Vancouver, you know, the obviously lobbying of the taxi companies and governments haven't fully accepted it. They actually did accept it and it was supposed to be actually being implemented at the end of 2018. And then now it's delayed. There's a lot of social media discussion around this topic of when and if Uber will finally arrive. So who knows? Who knows? But I'm definitely pro Uber. I use it all the time in different cities, countries and continents. So uh, I definitely hope that Uber will have a soon future in Vancouver. Nice, nice. And if I just take a step back for a second, you mentioned the Expo 86 and the Vancouver Whistler Olympics. Those are actually the two times that I visited your city. I did a road trip with my parents up the coast, and we were there for Expo 86. And then when I bought my house in, in Orange County, right around that time frame, we went up to Whistler for uh, the end of the Olympics. And there was a huge downgrade from the, the skill level that was on the mountain from the Olympians to us. But overall, it was, a, it was a fantastic being able to be up on the mountain up there and being able to, to snowboard on the Blackcomb Glacier. It was like, you know, kind of a once in a lifetime experience. It was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, and you know, they still have some of the kind of remnants of the Olympics. Uh, so because the Olympics were just held eight years ago, we have like the actual torch. It's in Canada Place area. So uh, you can actually go see this massive outdoor torch. And a lot of people will get pictures there. And even some of the venues like BC Place was the home of the opening and closing ceremonies of the Winter Olympics and also the daily award ceremonies. Some of the major events were held there. Then in Whistler, you had a kind of the winter sports like skiing and snowboarding, luge, bobsledding, etc. So uh, all those venues, you can actually go see them. There's an area called Cyprus. Uh, you can take pictures with in Whistler and in Cyprus, they have the rings. So a lot of people go there, will take a picture of the five rings. So it's a great monument for city's history that we held two major world events. We were actually competing for the FIFA Olympics as well in terms of holding it in Canada, but it didn't happen in terms of holding FIFA in Vancouver. But we have held Expo and we have held the Winter Olympics. When uh, obviously talking about snowboarding and obviously the winter weather, but what is probably like the best time to visit in Vancouver? Yeah, so for those of you who know, Vancouver is located in the Pacific Northwest. And this part of the continental America is actually a beautiful part of the world. When I talk about the Pacific Northwest, I'm talking about like Oregon State, Washington State, and in British Columbia. So that includes the big cities of like Portland and Oregon, and then Seattle and Washington, and then of course, Vancouver and British Columbia. So this region is absolutely gorgeous because it gets a lot of rain. The rain obviously leads to the beautiful flourishing of more or less a rainforest like Vancouver area. So it's not a rainforest in the sense of like the Amazon type rainforest. It is a rainforest in terms of the amount of rain we get. So unfortunately, uh, Vancouver and the Pacific Northwest gets about rain and clouds and a little bit of gloominess about eight months of the year. So you'll have a lot of people who actually snowbirds who leave not just Vancouver, but like Canada generally, who head over to, you know, like California, where you are based, or like Florida or Texas or down to Mexico or the Caribbean for a little bit hotter weather. So the best time to visit Vancouver is definitely the summer months, May, June, July, August. But you got to remember this because it's such a limited four-month time frame, the costs will be higher. If you're using Airbnbs or hotels or sightseeing, like generally the costs will be higher and there'll be a lot more people. So you just have to remember you'll be spending more and you'll be competing for, you know, the sightseeing attractions, the lineups in terms of getting into the different tourist attractions. If you do go off-season, bring an umbrella, <laughs> but it will be definitely cheaper. I mean, Vancouver is beautiful year-round because you got the majestic North Shore Mountains, you got Stanley Park, you have amazing natural beauty, but just be ready and be prepared for the rain. Nice, nice. And so when people come to visit Vancouver, I think you told me one of the places that you love to take people to is in North Vancouver. Can you tell us a little bit about that place? In terms of like the major attractions to see, you got Stanley Park, you got Granville Island, you got Capilano Suspension Bridge, Grouse Mountain, you got Whistler, you got the Museum of Anthropology, all these kind of towns like Chinatown, Gastown, you got Yale Town. But in terms of North Vancouver, that's actually where I grew up. So I have a strong affinity for North Vancouver, which is literally, like I mentioned earlier, a sea bus ride away from downtown. Or there's actually two bridges that connect mainland Vancouver to, it's not islands, but it just there's a body of water. 
called the Burrard Inlet that actually separates like the mainland part of Vancouver to uh, North Vancouver. So you got to cross two bridges. The first bridge is called the Second Neuros Bridge, and the second bridge is called Lionsgate Bridge. Lionsgate Bridge is the most beautiful way to cross it, just because the actual bridge is quite beautiful aesthetically. Plus, when you're crossing the bridge, you have to go through Stanley Park. When you're crossing over, you get a beautiful view of downtown. Plus, you've got a beautiful view of the West End, which is the British properties, which is the most expensive, high-end. A lot of celebrities live there. So you got the beautiful view. Plus, you got the mountain view. And you got kind of the opening to the Pacific Ocean view and the inlet view. So North Vancouver itself, you got a few different attractions, including Grouse Mountain. You got a Kaplan Suspension Bridge. You got Deep Cove. And you got the Sea to Sky Highway. So the Sea to Sky Highway is literally where you go from the sea, you know, sea level to Whistler. And it takes two hours. It depends, of course, on how fast you drive. But uh, (laughs) typically, it's about a two-hour ride each way. So you could do it in a day trip in terms of if you want to head over to Whistler. You could go, you know, 7 in the morning, get there at 9, spend like maybe 9 to sunset over there, and then drive back in the dark, and then get back to Vancouver in two hours. But you might want to do an overnight stay. But in terms of North Vancouver itself, I would definitely highly recommend going up to Grouse Mountain. You can drive up there, and then once you get to the base, you got to take a gondola cable car up there. That's going to cost you about 20 to 30 Canadian. And, you know, your uh, visitors who are coming from the U.S., there's the U.S. dollar will go a long way in terms of the Canadian dollar. So, you know, bring your money over here and spend it in Canada. We will not say no <laughs> to the U.S. dollars coming in. That sounds good. Yeah, Grouse Mountain. And then you have something called Caplano Suspension Bridge. It is a suspension bridge, which is quite scary to cross, quote unquote. Like, I have no problem with heights. I've done bungee jumps and skydives and paragliding, parasailing, etc. So I love, I didn't say I love heights. I don't have a problem with it. But just be aware that if you are a little bit prone to height fear, Caplano Suspension Bridge might be a place that you miss because you are going from one end to the other on the suspension bridge and there's no other way besides the suspension bridge to go there. Deep Cove is actually a really beautiful area for some hiking and trekking. If you're into more like the mountaineering, hiking, trekking, if you're into like kayaking or water sports, you can do, you know, those kind of things like rent a kayak for a couple hours and uh, have a nice picnic. So those would be my top tips for North Van in specifically. Well, Ricky, you are just a wealth of information all about Vancouver. We're actually going to keep uh, everything that we've talked about here in the show in the show notes, as well as some of the other things that Ricky has shared with me personally. So whenever you visit Vancouver, you're going to have a, a wonderful time. So it's towards the end of the show. We have just time for a few more questions. So we're going to go into the final countdown. So Ricky, if, if a traveler only had time for one meal in your town, where would they go and what should they eat? I'm a big fan of this restaurant, ironically enough, in North Van, we're talking about it. It's called Tomahawk Restaurant. It is actually a native-themed restaurant. So you can see totem poles, you can see native carving and art. Of course, a lot of people don't uh, know about the Aboriginal native history of uh, Canada and like the kind of the west coast of Canada, it's Haida. So you'll see a lot of Haida carvings, get to try out some native food. Plus, you get to see all the famous elements of Canada, generally Canada, things like ice hockey and beavers and moose. And you can obviously try one of these delicious poutines there. So I highly recommend checking out Tomahawk Restaurant. I'm ready to go right now. There you go. (laughs) What's one of your most memorable stories in Vancouver? You know, I have so many stories, uh, Lee, but I got to share my own story. I actually proposed to my wife at Vancouver International Airport, YVR Airport. And I proposed to her using a flash mob, and uh, she was actually uh, <laughs> visiting her parents in the Philippines. She had just come back. I organized a flash mob with my friends and family, and then when she got out of the plane, she was welcomed by 
all these family and friends dancing to the song by Bruno Mars, Just the Way You Are. I was hiding behind a statue, actually a native statue by Bill Reed, which is kind of a symbol of the airport. It's actually on the $20 Canadian bill as well. I was hiding behind there, and after the song was over, I came out, I read a, a Bible verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, which is all about love, and then I ended up getting on one knee, and the big news was, she said, yes, and actually made the front page of the Vancouver province, which is actually the biggest newspaper, not just in Vancouver, but in the entire province of British Columbia. So I was on the front page there, so that got me a little bit of celebrity and fame and uh, a little bit of embarrassment on my wife's side, but uh, luckily she did not say no, <laughs> luckily she did say yes, and we're still happily married, and we are here three kids later enjoying life so that's my little story about vancouver and i'll actually have the link i'll send you the link Lee, and you add that to the youtube video i was featured on ctv and global and a lot of media outlets so you can show them what that flash mob proposal was like yeah i actually have a huge smile on my face right now i had a chance to watch a little bit of that video and it's fantastic so definitely gonna have that in the show notes as well for everybody look forward to everybody being able to see that speaking of being happy in vancouver where is the happiest happy hour you know what? I'm not much of a drinker myself, but I love getting cheap food. <laughs> so there's a major restaurant chain called the Global Group. They have about eight to ten locations all around Vancouver and different suburbs and uh, locations. But all of the locations have cocktail hour. It's from roughly two to five. Not only do they have like mojitos and margaritas and different cocktails of special around the five dollar range, but they also have a lot of meal specials as well. So uh, you can check it out, Global Group. I've eaten there many times and. I'm a big fan of going there for happy hour, but just for a meal in general. Hey, I'm all about saving a few bucks, so especially if they have great food. So I'm going to have to add that to my list as well. So one of the things I always do whenever I travel is eat some pepperoni pizza at the local spots. So what's the best place to have a pepperoni pizza in Vancouver? You know, you already added a few places to the list, so add this one as well. <laughs> There's Uncle Fatih's, which is kind of like the, more the cheaper version, the sliced pizza, but they have a whole bunch of cool varieties, including pepperoni. But my favorite pizza place is actually called Rocky Mountain Flatbread. And especially if you're traveling with kids, I know you're a fellow dadly and you're traveling with your kids a lot. So if you go to Rocky Mountain Flatbread and you have younger kids, they get to make their own pizzas. They become chefs for the day. They get to wear a chef's hat, they get to wear an apron, they get some dough, they get to roll the dough, they get to put ingredients like tomatoes and peppers and of course pepperoni. They get to throw it into the oven and uh, literally get served the pizza they've made. So I, I love uh, the whole concept of like, cooking for yourself at a restaurant and then eating what you cook. So it definitely gives you a cool, immersive experience when you head over there to Rocky Mountain Flatbread. What a great experience for the kids. I mean, like you said, just like me, we're both fathers and it's all about being able to show our kids the world and introduce them to new experiences. So that sounds fantastic. So we're, we're at the end of the show. You know, I want to thank Ricky for being on the show, but we want to give him a couple of minutes to talk about what's going on with his site, what he's doing today. Yeah, so uh, I am currently traveling the world with my wife and kids, and I love visiting different cities. That's why whenever I go to a new city, I'm going to be listening to the episode so I can find out the insider secret from your guests. So we are currently traveling around the world. I've been to 81 countries on six continents. One of the big goals we have is to be the first family in human history to visit every single country in the world. There's actually 193, 193 United Nations states. So I have a lot of content all about family travel with young kids on my blog, on my social media, on my podcast, on my YouTube channel. I actually had the chance to interview Lee on my show as well. So we'll have a link to 
the interview where I featured Lee all about his travels on my podcast. But uh, the easiest place to connect with me is daddyblogger.com, which links to all the stuff I do, including I have a whole bunch of kids' books about traveling the seven continents. I have a whole bunch of Udemy online courses all about internet marketing and being a digital nomad. And then um, I have my coaching programs, my podcast, and my virtual summits and more. So all that, the central place is daddyblogger.com. Well, nice. I, I mean, for parents that love to travel, yeah, I'm a big believer, and I, obviously you are as well, that just because you're a parent doesn't mean you have to stop traveling. And in many ways, that should be even more reason you should be traveling to teach your kids and introduce them to new cultures, new experiences, and just creating memories together. So congratulations on your site and everything that you're doing over there. Thanks for being on the show. I had a great time, and I'm sure the listeners did as well. Look forward to talking to you soon. Yes, uh, thank you, Lee, and I look forward to connecting again soon. And I definitely wish all of your listeners an amazing trip to beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Wow, isn't Ricky a bundle of energy? You can just tell how much he loves Vancouver by the sound of his voice. No matter where he travels around the world, his heart remains in this beautiful city that offers such a multicultural experience. So what is your favorite thing you learned about Vancouver? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash Vancouver or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when Dan Moyle shares why Turkeyville is an absolute must-see when you visit Kalamazoo, Michigan. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you'd like to listen to more podcasts about travel, I suggest checking out my good friend Ed Pizza's show called Miles to Go. Ed and his guests break down the latest travel news with a focus on credit card rewards and loyalty programs in his weekly 30-minute show. Let me know what you think.